Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 3, we are going to read from verse 6 to verse 10. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and make themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard the voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself so we we have been looking at what happened after eve and adam after they disobeyed god after they rebelled and after they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after god has expressly told them not to eat of that fruit okay and genesis chapter 3 verse 7 simply tells us that when they ate the fruit the eyes of them both And we have gone a length to discuss what is the implication of that. Today, what we are going to do is to dig a little bit deeper into this immediate and fundamental effect of Adam and Eve's rebellious action. Uh, Today, I will be reading a little bit from some commentaries which will help throw light on this immediate and fundamental effect of their rebellious action. And it is important for me to read those one because they really, really do help to throw light on this. And again, like as I've said on this program many, many times, in addition to those things that God directly revealed to me, I do have a lot of resources that I read, that I learn from myself, that I eat from the source that I drink from by the help of the Holy Spirit. And I will share some of those things with you as we move ahead. Before we go ahead, needless to say that the eyes that were open were not their physical eyes, okay? It was not their physical eyes that were open. They were not literary or or physically blind. <laughs> Adam and Eve were not blind. You know, I mean, Adam saw Eve called her bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God brought the animal to Adam. I mean, God told them to till the ground, you know, to subdue it and things like that. I mean, it is, we, we can go on and on and on and on. We don't even need a thesis. We don't, it is taken for granted that they were not physically blind. So when the Bible says that their eyes were open, it is very, very clear that God was not talking here or the scripture was not referring here to their physical eyes being open but what about this nakedness stuff the bible says that like we read in that uh genesis chapter 3 we read that in verse uh let me see verse 7 genesis chapter 3 verse 7 and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked so what about this nakedness stuff? Let's compare two scriptures together. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, which we've gone through before. 
Then I want to compare that now to Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 25 says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. This was before they rebelled. This was before they sinned. The Bible says they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 now tells us this was after they've sinned. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sow fig tree together and make themselves aprons. So you can see the contrast. Now, Adam and Eve, both of them have always been naked. Okay. Naked in the sense of the way we consider nakedness. Now, being naked by itself is not anything negative or positive. When we say somebody is naked, what we are saying is that they don't have clothes on. Okay. So Adam and Eve have always been naked. In other words, when God created Adam and Eve, they didn't, God didn't give them a three-piece suit for Adam or a gown or a, you know, <laughs> beautiful robe for Eve. God did not give them clothes. So that is what we mean by they were naked, okay? When God created Ad- Adam and Eve, when God created human, they were created not to need clothes. So they were naked. They have always been naked. Okay. That when they were when they were created, that was not anything evil. That was not anything to be ashamed of because Genesis chapter 2, verse 25 obviously tells us that they were naked and they were not ashamed. They had no reason to be ashamed. They were not ashamed before one another. They were not disappointed. They were not disconcerted. There was no reason for them to be ashamed. So what I want us to see here that is that they've always been naked. So the nakedness itself was not anything new. It was the fact that when they sinned, something happened. They were not ashamed, not because they were uncultivated, not because they were underdeveloped, but because even though they were naked, they were not naked really in the way we now think about nakedness. You know, we we have um, we have people today, different races today that are still still in their culture because development has not reached them. That still walk around naked, and they don't see it in that culture being partially naked was not anything to be ashamed of in that culture, okay? So when the Bible says they were naked, they were not ashamed. It's not because they were uncultivated. It's not because they were underdeveloped. Even though they were naked, there's a sense in which they are not naked, and we are going to explore that. They are, they are not, there's a sense in which they are not naked, that the nakedness that causes shame. In the way we now, remember when we talk about nakedness now, we are talking about nakedness after decades and, and century of layers of sin, okay? So our sense of nakedness has been tainted, has been contaminated. Someone said their bodies, and this is where I'm going, someone said their bodies were the clothing of their internal glory, and their internal glory was the clothing of their nakedness. And I agree with that. There is a glory. They didn't need a cloth. I'm wearing a cloth. I'm wearing, <laughs> in fact, I'm wearing three levels of cloth now. Obviously, inside there's the singlet and there's this and there's that. But for Adam and Eve, they didn't need that. 
they actually have a clothing. I will read what this somebody said again. Their bodies were the clothing of their internal glory, and their internal glory was the clothing of their nakedness. In other words, it is the glory of God. They had a glory of God upon them, and I need to establish that. Remember when in some teaching that we've had before, we talk about three things. We talk about temple, covenant, kingdom in our previous teaching. And we're going to come back to this theme over and over again as we, we, we go through this story. Temple, covenant, and kingdom, we said. Eden, we established, was actually a temple garden. Eden was a temple garden. Eden was not just a careless afterthought. Eden was not just a geographical location. It is a geographical location, but actually Eden was a temple. It was an, a, a type of a temple. And what do you find in the temple? You find the presence of God. The temple is where the presence of God is. And God's presence speaks about God's glory. And this is very, very important for us to understand. There was a glory in Eden. There was a glory upon Adam. There was a glory upon Eve. Remember Moses' conversation with God in Exodus chapter 33. Remember that story. I'm not going to go reading it now. When you read through that story, you will see that the glory of God is used of the aggregate of divine attributes. So when we talk about the glory of God, we are talking about the aggregate, the, the bringing together the evidence of God's presence, the bringing together the aggregate of God's attribute, the aggregate of divine attribute. It coincides with God's revelation of himself. So when we talk about the glory of God, it is that which God has revealed of himself. And by the way, that which God has revealed of himself to us is the tips of the eye bag, really, of the, you know, <laughs> indwelling the raw glory of God. But when we talk about the glory of God, number one is an aggregate, is the heaviness of the manifestation of the attributes and the presence of God. There's a weight to God's glory. And so it coincides with God's self-revelation. So when you read that Exodus chapter 33, you will see that the glory of God, His presence, His goodness, they are all intertwined. So when we talk about the glory of God, we are talking about divine attributes of God. We are talking about the presence of God. We are talking about the goodness of God. So Adam and Eve were naked, as we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, because they did not need clothing. In that sense, they are naked. Okay. Again, like I said, before the fall, that is not a problem because they were continually in God's presence because they were covered by God's glory. They were covered by God's goodness. So they have no reason to be ashamed. That is why, even though they didn't have clothes on, that is why that they were not ashamed because in the real sense, really, they were not naked in that sense of it. Yes, there's a sense in which we say they are naked because they didn't have a cloth on. <laughs> but don't hold that against them. <laughs> in fact, they have a lot to hold against us on this side because we can say that even though we are not naked, even though we have many pieces of suit on, we lack God's glory. <laughs> you know, it's just like somebody that is trying to you know, insult somebody that they are not intelligent, that they are not, you know, they are not 
educated but this man or this woman may actually have more character better character may have more grace yeah i mean don't misunderstand me it's good to be educated but what i'm saying is that before we go shooting our mouth that they were naked understand that in the real sense of it yes they don't have clothing it's because they didn't need it it's because they have better clothing on it's because they were continually in god's presence they were covered by god's glory they were covered by god's goodness and that is the reason why even though they were naked they were not ashamed because there was no reason for them to be ashamed because they were covered by god's glory unfortunately all that changed that is where we are now all that changed all that changed when adam and eve rebelled in genesis chapter 3 verse 7 now they were ashamed and they have reasons to be ashamed. Something fundamental, something fundamental have changed in this story. Something fundamental has changed inside Adam and Eve. Their state and their status have changed. They lost and they gained something instantaneously. You know, you can gain something. You, 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 can, you can pay a lot of price because you want to gain something, because you want to get that degree, because you want to get that man, because you want to get that woman, because you want to buy that thing, because you want to be part of that thing. You can gain that thing, but in the process, you can lose a lot. You can lose relationships. You can lose your family. You can lose your health. That will not be your portion. Yes, they were running after somebody, something, Adam and Eve, the lies that the devil have sold them, but they lost a lot in the process. And one of the greatest things they lost is they lost their internal glory. This glory of God, the presence of God, this goodness of God that was covering them, they lost it all. And now they are truly naked in the sense of being naked. And this is the reason why they were ashamed. Let's read. Let's read just one verse from the New Testament. I'm going to read Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Very, very popular scripture. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You will see that in our teaching, now we have introduced this concept of God's glory. That was a very big price to pay for nothing, really. It's just like, you know, Esau, that for one muscle of porridge, he lost his birthright. It was a very, you know, unreasonable price to pay for a pot of porridge. But that was exactly what happened here. Essentially, fundamentally, Adam and Eve lost their internal glory. They are now naked. Now, when we read that Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 down, we see that Genesis connected their eyes being open to knowledge. Their eyes were open and they knew. And then this is followed by action. Then they sow for themselves and then they hide themselves. So their eyes were open. Why were their eyes open? Because they lost the glory. Now they have another knowledge. <laughs> okay. And they knew. Okay, now the glory was gone. They are in a different state. And now they have this knowledge. This knowledge they have been they have been promised, the knowledge of good and evil. But what type of knowledge is this? What can it do about this? We have dealt with that in previous teachings, so I'm not going to go into that. So 
So their eyes being open is connected to knowledge, is connected, which was then followed by action. So I'm going to read, just like I said, I'm going to read from two of my commentary, and you can find a lot of this commentary free online. I've discussed this in our other previous, 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 previous teaching, where I was introducing you to some of the materials I use for my own personal Bible, Bible reading. So go back, go back, you know, scroll through, scroll through, read, start listening from from episode one. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read from, from Barnes and just to throw a little bit of light on this point that we are in this storyline, okay? And he will be telling, te- talking to us about this issue I've been raising. So so remember, I'm now reading from Barnes Notes on the Bible. That's Barnes, that's B-A-R-N-E-S, Barnes Notes on the Bible. So I'm reading and I'm quoting, as soon as the transgression is actually over, the sense of the wrongfulness of the act rushes on the mind. The displeasure of the great being whose command has been disobeyed, the irretrievable loss which follows sins, the shame of being looked upon by the bystander as a guilty thing, crowd upon the view. So he was telling us the way Adam and Eve must have felt. You know, you wanted to do, you wanted, now you did it, and now you are facing the stark reality that you have not considered before you rush into that sin, into that illicit sex, into doing the wrong thing. Let's continue. All nature, every single creature seems now a witness of their guilt and shame, a condemning judge, an agent of the divine vengeance. Such is the knowledge of good and evil they have acquired by their fall from obedience. Such is the opening of the eyes which have requited their wrongdoing. This is where they find themselves. This is why they are ashamed. I wish I can read that again, but I'm not going to read it again. In other words, everything around them becomes a finger pointed at them, showing them the state of their heart, their disobedience. And this is the reason why guilt and shame descended upon them. I'm going to read from another commentary. This time I'm going to read from Clark's commentary. Again, I'm reading this because I like the way they've put them so clearly, so powerfully, and I thought I'll just read them. All right, so I'm going to read from Clark's commentary. Clark is C-L-A-R-K-E. So I'm reading from Clark's commentary. He said, they saw what they never saw before, that they were stripped of their excellence that they had lost their innocence and that they had fallen into stage of indigence and danger. Yes, their eyes were open, but not open in the right way. Let's continue. Though their eyes were open to see their nakedness, yet their mind was clouded and their judgment was confused. (laughs) They seemed to have lost all just notions of honor and dishonor, of what was shameful and what was praiseworthy, okay? It was dishonorable and shameful to break the commandment of God. They didn't know that. They've lost that. But now, they, their nakedness was something they are bothering about, which was not a problem before. But this fall changed everything. Let me continue. They seem in a moment not only to have lost sound judgment, but also reflection, A short time before, Adam was so wise that he could name all the creatures brought before him according to their respective nature and qualities. Now, he does not know the first principle concerning the divine nature that is to know all things. 
and that it is omnipresent. Therefore, he endeavored to hide himself among trees from the eyes of an all-seeing God. How astonishing is this? How true? And it is important that oftentimes we underestimate the seriousness and the significance, the gravity and the effect of the fall. Oftentimes we, we, we underestimate what was going on. This is serious. This is, this is a, something that is so serious. This is a crisis that is going on here. So we often underestimate the seriousness, significant gravity and effect of the fall. So God put these people, these two individuals, God created them, put them in the Garden of Eden. It's a garden of delight. It's an invitation to go on a journey with God. But man's unilateral declaration of independence caused a lot of problem. It's a very serious issue. So I want to just list the seriousness, the significance, the gravity, the effect, and the implication of the fall of their rebellion. Number one, God created them, but they rejected him as their creator. They rejected him as their Lord God. Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim. God created them. They didn't create themselves. They didn't come out of Big Bang. They didn't just appear. God created them, but they rejected God as their Lord God. Number two, God gave them dominion as his versa king, as his representative king, to serving under him. God gave them dominion, but they rejected God as their suzerain king. They rejected God as their king. God entered into covenant with Adam and Eve, but they broke their covenant with God. God placed them as priests in his temple. They were priests in God's garden temple, but they desecrated God's temple. They threw it all back in God's face. I want you to see what we are talking about here. The rejection was total. The rejection was deep. This was serious. It was it was really far-reaching. They rejected God as their creator. They rejected him as their Lord God. They rejected him as their king. They broke his covenant and they desecrated his temple. So therefore, quite expectantly, each of all this rebellion will inevitably trigger great repercussion. There's no doubt about that. This will actually trigger great repercussion. So God warned Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, concerning the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Dying, you will die. In other words, it is inescapable. It is certain you will die. So the question we are going to ask ourselves next time by the grace of God is that in what way did Adam and Eve die when they ate the fruit of the knowledge the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In what way do they die? In fact, we've, been, we've already been actually talking about that, but we are going to put them all together. So by the grace of God, this is where we are going to pick up, by the grace of God next time. And if you are listening to me, I want you to know that this God loves you. Okay? He loves you so much. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to fulfill your potential, but you cannot fulfill that outside God. This world is is contaminated. This world is heading for destruction. But God loves you so much that he has provided a way out. He came to help you. Jesus is God. 
Okay, he came himself to sacrifice himself for you, to provide a way for you to be removed from the system. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can admit, you can face the fact today that you are a sinner and that you cannot save yourself, that you need help. And then you can run to him for help. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. He will save you. He will walk the rest of your life with you on this earth. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.